was cheese. There we go. Good evening, my friends. Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Had a productive day. I was actually off. It's fall break for my uh, anatomy and physiology course. So I was chilling like freaking Bob Dylan. Carved wood for most of the day. Using my new battery saw. I got a steel MSA 200. Thing purrs like a freaking kitten. Doesn't even slow down, but when I feel like it's starting to get a little bit, you know, dragging us a tiny bit, I replace the, uh, throw in the backup battery and she lights right back up. Totally awesome. Beautiful day. Spent it with my dog, spent it carving wood. Where I can beat my meat a little bit, you know what I'm saying? saying. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um,. Okay, got an interesting topic of conversation, I think. Okay? And that is leadership of your peers. Leadership. I mean, there's so many different facets of it, but this one has to do with when you are tasked with leading a group of individuals and you are among those individuals. You are essentially the same rank, the same job description, the same, playing the same role in our society. Um, it's a very difficult task to do this. Leadership is not for the, the meek and mild, because you have to make a lot of tough decisions, and not everybody's going to be happy with the reality that one of their peers, or their former peers, is now pushing them around like a pawn on a chessboard. Such is the case with my daughter. She is a safety on the school bus. And what this means to be a safety school school bus safety, say that three times fast. School bus safety, school bus safety, school bus safety. Means that you, you know what it means, man. You're friggin' given a task to make sure that every, all the students are being safe and you hold the hand of the kindergartners and the underclassmen there. She's a big fifth grader now, top of the heap. And I guess some of these, uh, her fellow students on the bus are standing up when they should be sitting down and they're chewing gum and eating and drinking when they should not be. And when she calls them on it, trying to do her job, and Lilio always does her job. Like, she takes great pride in uh, doing things the right way. She's like her mother like that, She and it's a good thing. She's a rule follower. She, she likes um, this game of life. She's very astute. She's no slouch. She's intelligent. She's disciplined. She's mature. Probably too mature for her own good when it comes to this because it's driving her mad. Had a little girl scream in her face the other day. Had another one slap her hand. Hit her, supposedly. Now, Lily's tough as nails. She spars with her brother and wrestles and stuff. And and I wouldn't want her angry at me as an adult 44-year-old. 250 pound male she's tough um, so she's having problems girl screamed right in her face she said you're, you're not eating are you because I saw you chewing gum and I don't want you to get in trouble please throw your gum out or swallow it or whatever and the whole song and dance where the kid acts like they swallow it or they're, I don't have gum and they put it under their tongue or they hide it in their mouth how the hell are you supposed to 
determine whether somebody's definitively breaking the rules. And what kind of authority do you have as a fifth grader? Honestly, I mean, she's, Lily's a, a smaller kid for her grade. Uh, she's a petite thing. She's a flyer and cheer and all that shit. But she's, she's kind of shy as well. But she really wanted this job. It's like a coveted thing. Everybody wants to be a safety. Because you get to help people. And they, they really feature it as something that's good. And my hat's off to them for for trying to do the right thing. For trying to get kids, give them some skin in the game. Give the fifth graders some responsibility. But it's really a lot to ask. Why? Because people are assholes, man. And if you really want to supervise the activity on the bus, either have a parent volunteer to escort, be a chaperone on a daily basis. I'm sure you get some takers. Or have the freaking school bus driver do it. I mean, they get paid, maybe not. I think they get paid pretty well for driving a school bus. I'm sure it's aggravating. It's got its perks and it's got its ups and downside. But you shouldn't be saddling little kids, 10-year-old girls with the, uh, or boys for that matter, with the responsibility of keeping the peace and keeping things safe on a bus. Even though you're trying to do the right thing, you're trying to give them a little responsibility, some skin in the game, it can backfire real quick. And in such is the case with Lily, her other safeties aren't backing her up. And in their defense, she's a rule follower, so she's going to do it like to the letter. She's not going to be like a friggin' bouncer or a friggin' bully or anything. She's going to be professional about it, but she is going to um, enforce the safety. To make sure that if there's people standing up or fighting or chewing gum or whatever, she's going to tell them about it. And they might not think it's a big deal and might not want to hear about it, but she's going to do her job and it's driving her crazy. And I am here to tell her, as I have on many occasions, it doesn't necessarily get better. You know? It doesn't. Because someday... You're going to be in a job and you're going to be one of the gang and people, they're going to notice because you're a good egg and smart and sharp and all that stuff that the Obersts are. She's going to be doing real well in her position and she's going to be promoted ahead of her peers. And then she's going to be managing things and she's going to have the ominous task of telling people what they need to do and folks are going to report to her and they're not going to like that. Always. I certainly have some stories of my own to this effect. Uh, First of all, this sparked a little bit of this drama, sparked a little bit of discussion about the type of people Mandy and I are. And when Mandy was a, a little girl, she used to work in the office. They would have her come, they recruited her to come in the main office and during announcements and do all this stuff, organization and things. She just cut out for that stuff. She's great. She'd be awesome in that setting. I fooled around, messing around with her, um, say that she she was kind of a house mouse from my days in the Marine Corps. The house mouse was somebody who had been given the responsibility of keeping the drill instructor hut clean and orderly. So they'd come in there and sweep and empty the trash cans and shit. 
it was a suck dick position that nobody wanted. And I remember they gave this poor guy, Gerstel, the responsibility. I was like, fuck, Gerstel, man, you're a freaking house mouse. It's an important job. You really got to do it. Yeah, it's a fucking shit job. You know, but Gerstel did it and did it well. Another job was called Scribe. Had to write down and organize and carry lists and what's your rifle serial number and what's your social security number and your blood type. He was always doing that shit. Is everybody here? Fucking no respect. He was a nice guy, but he, that was a shit job. And being a safety, school bus safety is a shit fucking job, too. Now, in contrast to my lovely wife, who's the consummate good person, uh, bright bulb and uh, rule follower, I was a little bit of a rebel. Maybe it was because I'm a boy, maybe I was running with a bad crew, whatever sort of Freudian issues I might have had. I got in a couple fights on a school bus. I you know, got in trouble for throwing things out the window. I, you know, I did all kinds of stupid shit I shouldn't have done. Fooling around, making out, writing signs, sticking it against the back window, pulling the uh, the uh, emergency exit handle up and jumping out. If I didn't do it myself, somebody in my crew did, and we're all implicated for it anyway. I think I might have mooned a school bus. So I wasn't the best kid. <clears throat> I wasn't the worst either. And a lot of times there was peer pressure involved where it was like, hey, we're all in this together. We're all on the bus. Who did it? Not me, not me. Well, it might as well have been all of us. So I was a little dickhead on the school bus, and somebody probably struggled with reining me in. And now my poor Lily is this, you know, she said, oh, the worst day, this girl screamed in my face, and somebody else hit me, and they don't give me any respect, and I know she talks about me behind my back, and he yelled at me, and I'm like, what the fuck, why would you fight this battle? I'm not gonna, I'm not a quitter, I'm not gonna, I said, turn your freaking stupid belt in, and just tell them, it's not for you, you're good. Who the hell would want to do it? I feel like talking to the teacher who's in charge of organizing this whole thing, who's apparently a bit of a butt lick herself, like a disciplinarian fucking, I don't know, kind of tough. Tell her what a, sh- a sham it is, how ridiculous it is, ridiculous it is to expect kids to rein in other kids, even if they are fifth graders and all that shit. Talk to the principal, maybe, and tell him what I think of the bullshit safety thing. That, you know, it's a nice gesture, but you're asking too much of these kids. They're not getting paid, they're not getting any respect, and they're really getting thrown to the dogs. When I think a lot of adults would struggle reining these kids in and appropriately handling matters. Flashback to my time in the Marine Corps 30, 25, 30 years ago. There was one of my peers. This is the standard situation with Marines is is that you go in and you have no rank and you have no respect and everybody's the same. And the only thing that really separates people, let's say if you're a private, you're an E1, enlisted rank 1. The only thing separates people 
is grit, toughness, fitness, uh, being squared away, quote-unquote, having your shit together. Some people are obviously lost, and others are studs. You can tell. It's just by virtue of their physical prowess, they're going to rise to the top of any task, which, you know, as a grunt in the Marine Corps, it's a physical pursuit. A lot of it is, and a lot of it's mental, too. But you can make up for a lack of mental capacity or even leadership potential by just being a strong, tough individual and threatening people, imposing your will on them, and having what's called a command presence. A command presence is the ability for somebody to step in front of a group of people and say, this is what we're going to do. And having them actually say, oh, okay, I want to, we're going to do that then. Let me fill up my tank here and I'll continue this conversation.
Okay, I'm back at it again. Filled up my tank $55 and uh, 21 gallons later. Mission accomplished. So, it's tough being a leader, my friends. Some of you can speak from experience. Almost everyone can speak from experience. I mean, you don't have to be the leader of the free world. You just have to have been a safety, school bus safety, or a, the head of a workforce or something like that. Low-level manager, you know, somebody's got to report to you, you're a leader. So, the reality is people don't want to follow you just because they're supposed to just because those are the rules. Some people do. Some people try to do the right thing. Maybe most people do. But I think it is human nature to try to buck the system, to try to get over. Are you chewing gum? You're not supposed to be chewing gum. You're not supposed to eat on the school bus. Uh, please throw your gum out. Okay. I don't have any gum. I swallowed it. Chew, 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 chew. You turn your head. They're chewing, they're showing it, they're sticking it out on the tip of their tongue, they're blowing bubbles. You know what I'm saying? This sort of shit, this sort of behavior is what my daughter is dealing with. And it's a valuable lesson. I mean, honestly, I hate seeing her um, in all this pain about it. I hate seeing her tortured by these people. I wish I could get on the bus and tell people to sit down and shut up. But she's got to walk this walk. Or she's got to you know, report, if she needs to, she's got to report these infractions to her, uh, to the bus driver, to the head of the safeties, whoever, you know, has that post. So, anyway, back to the Marine Corps leadership thing. Everybody gets in a buck private, you got no rank, you got no privilege, maybe you're tough. Maybe you got a little extra muscle on you. Uh, you can push people around, and they'll do what you they what you ask them to do. Some people do it because it's the right thing to do, and it's you know being respectful. Maybe they imagine themselves being put in this position someday, and they would want other people to follow along. I think though, most a lot of people, I've I've been my experience, they want to fuck with you. They want to test your leadership. They want to be a problem because in some way they're resentful that you're telling them what to do and they used to be their buddy, their pal, their running mate. So I dealt with that myself in the Marines. But it was actually a friend of mine, we'll call him Albert, who was the first. So he was confided in by our leadership. At a, he was put in a squad leader post, which is a it's a billet. The squad leader is what you call a billet. It's a position. So the standard rank for this squad leader position is a sergeant. That's what they expect to be filling this. Well, we didn't have any sergeants. What's next? A corporal. We didn't have any corporals. We had a senior lance, lance corporal, an E3, <clears throat> Albert. They said, okay, Albert, you're running this, you know, we got to use, we're Marines, we use what we have. Well, you're our senior enlisted 
for this squad. You're going to lead that squad. Uh, okay. And he stepped up to the plate. And he suffered quite a bit because dickheads like me and other people, I always try to be nice, but, you know, here's this guy we used to be drinking beer with in the barracks and tearing up the town. Now he's saying, all right, Oberst, you got to go do this. You got to go on this working party or I need you to go out there and, and go draw your weapon, go down to the, the armory, or I need you to do this, that, and the other thing. Like, well, why? Why do we got to do it, Albert? Why do we got to do it? Just freaking do it, okay? And then you get a sense, wait a second, this guy this guy really likes being in charge. You get a little bit resentful of it. So I've seen it at all levels of society. I've seen it as a, as a boss and as an entrepreneur, as a business person, in in the um, you know, as a chiropractor, as a fitness guy, what it takes to stand in front of scores or dozens or, in some case, hundreds or thousands of people, and lead them in some sort of routine, exercise or motivation. I've done all that shit, and a good percentage of the people, you know, I, you just can't really pay them much mind. They don't want to fucking follow the leader. They are like, who's this guy? So you really got to pull um, an expert routine to convince them to follow you. And I've been able to do that. I don't know how exactly, but I know that I've put to use some of my Marine Corps experiences. You know, I struggled with it too when I was a Marine, and I picked up rank pretty quickly ahead of my peers. I was a, we were privates, PFCs, and then we were Lance Corporals, all of us, smoking and joking together, getting in trouble, going down to Myrtle Beach, tearing up the town, chasing split tails, etc., etc. And next thing you know, I'm a corporal, and I have to lead them. I have to tell them what to do. I have to make some decisions that affect them in a negative way. I have to give them corrections out in the field and reprimand them if they do stupid shit and then I'm a sergeant, I'm in charge of an entire platoon, you know a dozen or 20 or 30 guys, sergeant reporting to Sergeant Oberst, a 21 year old Marine that used to be their drinking buddy so it is not an easy task to do this shit and my poor daughter and my son before her are saddled with these with these tasks the the beginnings of these responsibilities and it's tough it's it's hard to watch but you know it's certainly important to uh to give them an opportunity right now, the same opportunities that I had. Back at the football field now. You know, see the way these kids, these football players, 12 and 13, the pecking order that they have established 
based upon who's first string, who's second string, who's a new guy, who's a little bit weaker than the rest, who's the fastest, who's the you know, who's the one that is fed with the handoffs and the passes and all that shit, who's been on the squad the longest, who's who's the coach's son, all that stuff plays a role. We got some great coaches and and a great team of young men. But you see all this happening. I'm looking at it right now. The little white helmets, little red jerseys, cleats, you know, kind of trotting through the friggin' little grassy meadow here, running plays, organizing. The whole thing is this kind of hard time, you know? This is what you got to do. Why didn't you do that? Where were you? How come this hole opened up? Hey, how come that pass wasn't complete? How come you let him score on you? All that shit, right? And you make mistakes, and, and that's the value, I think, to a very large degree. The value of organized athletics is to go out and fuck up, to make mistakes, to sample your leadership potential, your pecking order, your strength, physically and mentally. And so it's good. All these things are valuable. I don't like to hear my son come home from uh, practice, you know, with a, with a frown on his face because he didn't perform to the degree that he would like, or the coach yelled at him, or my daughter to come home and say that some little girl screamed at her and talking about her behind her back on the school bus and thinking about this 30-minute drive and all the emotions and all the hormones churning and all the the cackle of the school bus, the noise, the friggin' fumes of the bus and the bumps in the road. We gotta pick up, please, let's just get to school so we can unload. She's got this job she's thinking about doing the entire time. I gotta do it right. I'm supposed to do it this way, and I don't want to do it, but I'm not a quitter. It's just a good egg. So, it's almost 30 minutes here. I've been bullshitting about this, but I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. Leadership is a very interesting thing. There's a lot that goes into it. You have to be confident. You have to be capable. You have to be willing to fail. You have to be inspiring to people who will join you, who will be on your team and give them some sort of inspiration, like, hey, let's do this, and show them that you're capable of, of leading their, their group. And you have to risk failure. Because you could very well go out there and fall flat on your face. We all have done it. Some did that once and never tried again. Shied away from every leadership experience, every opportunity to be a supervisor or what have you that they would ever subsequently get. And so um, that's not a good thing. You know, some people say leaders are are born and others are made. I think that this both can be true. It can be nature and nurture. But it sure can be a painful thing. 
can it. So, I don't know, try to cultivate some leadership on your own tomorrow, Wednesday, when you go to work. Imagine what it would be like to be your boss that you hate so much, that you resent so much, that whose compensation and benefits package you want, whose status you want, maybe. Maybe you don't want to do anything. I, I know people say, oh, I don't, want to, I don't want to be a supervisor. No, I would never want to do that. Not me. More responsibility? No, thank you. That's a horrible job. Well, it's, you're basing that off of the the performance and the and the methods of maybe an ineffective leader, a very poor leader. Maybe you could be the right person, the more effective individual that people would thrive under your leadership. You never know. I just hope they give my little girl a chance. I've I've, I've coached her to try to throttle back a little bit and not expose herself too much so that she can do this and, and make it through the day without having a conniption. It's tough to manage people. Talk to you tomorrow.